Welcome to the Minaz and Scott and Minaz podcast. It's June 1st, 2020. And uh, when we left you last, in the end of March, we had just begun to feel the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and all of that uh, entails. And unfortunately, uh, here in June, as things have gotten dramatically worse. And what I mean by dramatically worse... Almost June. ...is... You've got your economic issues, but uh, today, unfortunately, the entire country is ablaze as we think about the death of this poor man in Minnesota named George Floyd, who was basically murdered in uh, cold blood on TV. Uh, in front of everybody by a policeman in Minnesota. And so we are here and we are sort of reacting to the global um, repercussions of this. And Manaz, I wanted to get your first initial reactions both internationally, nationally, and even locally about this latest crisis, one amongst many. Thank you, Scott. Um, I don't know. I'm really at a loss of words for this because I feel that this is a 400-year history of black racism in America. And I live in the United States, and I know racism from Europe. And here and we've been watching this on and on and on and on and here we are we're in a pandemic George Floyd was murdered the four officers were not indicted right away in Minneapolis yeah. in Minneapolis and it was infuriating and people are angry and there are different levels of anger there's Anger about justice for black Americans, number one. Anger in terms of racism in general in America. Anger about the have and have nots, meaning the rich and the poor. Anger about climate change. Anger about administration. Anger that 40 million Americans have lost their jobs and are not getting their unemployment insurance. Anger that those 40 million people are the people that we call essential, most of them. And anger about how we can bury the ones that we've lost. Over 100,000 Americans have died from COVID. And anger, not the least, but perhaps the most important, that we have absolutely no leadership in the United States. Right. Because we have a president that denies started with denying COVID to blaming COVID on the Chinese, then moving to talking about weird products like Clorox that could cure your COVID and not helping states like New York um, that on an annual basis, we as New Yorkers are constantly giving the federal government money and taxes. 
So we are all bereft. Mm. And I'm not going to blame all this on, on Donald Trump because I think that racism has always been there. And it's, it's not my place to blame one person because I deal with racism all the time. Well, I will say this, though. Um, and this is for posterity's sake. I want to make sure I make this point. It's about the direction of the narrative in the time of Donald Trump. So if our listeners will remember when we had a trouble like this uh, last year or two years ago, uh, a football player named Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee during the national anthem. And his point was to, to bring attention to police violence against black men. And the people out of the White House created a machination. It was a change in narrative to make the knee against the flag. That was the change of narrative. And today, almost immediately, as people begin to protest this murder of George Floyd, what happened was he, the White House started talking about how protesters were antifada, antifa, sorry, which is a, a anti- um, corporate anti-fascist group here in the United States and, and blamed it all on them as if these people weren't really out in the streets protesting the death of this man so I, I just want to point that out this is this is the, the veneer of the of the Trump era change the narrative switch things up and try to redirect. Well, I mean, we've been doing this podcast and since 2016. We've had killings of Jews, Muslims, blacks. It just keeps going on. But I, I also want to say something. That racism is part of the fabric of this country. And if you are not going to deal with it, and I mean employment opportunities, college, and what it goes back to, is the idea that we have too much inequality in this country and that inequality is about black Americans, number one, mm-hmm. Latino X, and other immigrants. I am a Pakistani woman that was very fortunate to come into this country because my father did well in Europe. He was very poor himself, but he had to make a deal about where we were going to live and what we're going to do because he didn't want to see me go through that. And every week at dinner, I was reminded that I came from a poor background and that my grandparents had lost everything in the partition of India and Pakistan. I have no need to complain. I'm a brown woman that does experience racism, but nothing like black American women. Yeah. I have to say, in terms of this podcast, that um, we definitely understand that uh, we're under the veil of white privilege, and um, we don't even pretend to understand the kind of rage that's involved with wanting to, you know, destroy a, a local market, for instance. So, I we wanted to say we're outside of that understanding. Well, I, I mean, I think there's different kinds of 
protesters, there's looters and there's protesters. So I, I don't want to get that confused. And I don't want to see this as like, oh, you know, here we go. Black Americans are looting and this is what they do. It's not like that. There are elements in every group, in every race, that's problematic. But the anger is real. And yeah. institutional anger is real. So yeah. why wouldn't I, as a brown woman, want to go to Buckingham Palace and blow it up? Why wouldn't I? When they colonized my country for over 200 years and treated us like servants. Or 400, if you conclude India. Yeah. So my, my point is, is that I, I probably wouldn't do that. I'm just saying this. But I don't, I'm not in that situation because I have had economic privilege as a child. I have not had racist privilege. I'm not a white person. I don't pretend to be a white person. But because of all the privilege, I come off as being okay. I think there's a there's a aspect to this sort of modern day pillaging and reaction to this kind of thing that <clears throat> sort of um, unconsciously of course there's going to be some people who just want to create havoc whatever. But unconsciously the group that goes and destroys things, sort of a capitalist uh, symbol. They're saying to the world, hey, listen, this person was murdered and was wrong. And since we know that the page will be turned in 24 or 40 hours, whatever that media cycle is, we're going to burn a few things down like I said, this is not maybe not intentional, but it's sort of unconscious. We're going to burn some things down so that you can pay attention to what's happening. Because we know, we, the crowd, know that the only thing that media pays attention to is sensationalism. So we're going to burn down a target or whatever it is so you can, you can keep focused on this huge problem. Yeah, I mean, I, and I just, I mean, I remember, uh, Scott, you and I going and protesting in Los Angeles when we went to war in Iraq. I remember going to women's protests. 2004, yeah. 2004, and no one covered it. No one covered it because there was no violence. Right. And I, and I think one of the things that I have to learn from the new generation, like my own daughter, who's 13 years old, said to me yesterday... I, I said, you know, I'm upset because, you know, I don't condone violence. And she said, well, Mama, maybe you should think nobody would pay attention otherwise. And that's the sad reality of our society today. How many protests have I been to? Many. Whether it's, you know, about gun control, whether it's about women, whether it's about, uh, you know, against violence to Jews or Muslims but nobody really covers it I spoke in front of 35,000 people back in November was it yeah nobody covered it because it was peaceful yeah that's true I have to say I want to make a, um, a mention about something we saw today where 
as we record this, it's been six days since this incident where George Floyd was murdered on the street of Minneapolis. And there was a reporter uh, reporting on what was going on in Minneapolis today. And they had a live feed between her and the family of George Floyd. And um, the chief of police there, who had had fired the individuals, uh, was asked a question directly by the family. And Through the reporter. Through yeah. the reporter. And what, what amazed me was, and it, it was a, a big emotional thing for this reporter, was that after six days, this is the first contact that this family had with the chief of police. Disgusting. And he seemed um, uh, very, you know, sorry for the entire incident and whatnot. I think he may have been Hispanic, but it was his first moment ever to, and it wasn't even direct, it was sort of circuitous, to talk to the family. And that that, uh, amazed me because they had already had conversations, like a short conversation with Donald Trump, a longer conversation with Biden, but they had never even talked to the chief of police. Well, I mean, it just tells you about access, you know? I mean, God forbid someone killed my brother or your sister or our kid. How, I mean, you know, we, we couldn't talk to the perpetrators of the institution. It would be just awful. But, you know, we probably would get access. That's the weird thing. Oh, yeah, we would. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, and just a... Um, since we're sort of inputting something that's for history of our own self, our own uh, regard, there also is amazing things happening. I mean, we've got SpaceX, two individuals who've flown out in the first commercial collaboration with NASA into the space station. Um, and that's sort of the one sort of bright light in terms of Oh, I think there are a lot of bright lights. I mean, there is amazing people who have worked endlessly for people in New York City for COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, The workers, the restaurant people, the grocery store people, the mail people. I mean, I'm just amazed at them. I am in awe of them. And you know what? They get paid nothing. Right. These are our hourly people. And we just sit around and we order things and we get food and we do whatever we want. And then we say, oh, thank you at seven o'clock. Yay. And then what? Are we going to change our pay? Are we going to change our benefits? Are we going to make them live so that they can sit around on a couch and order things? Mm. These are my questions going forward. Well, it's something to think about. And... um we we're glad you, as a listener, can enjoy being with us for this moment in time of crisis, really. And uh, we shall. We, I'm not sure if we'll ever, if we're going to be in Europe this summer, like we usually are. But probably um, not. Probably not. But you never know. But I just want to say that I'm lucky to breathe, and I just don't want to be seeing people who say I can't breathe. Thank you.